is up, everybody? Welcome to the GITM podcast, where we discuss the paranormal and true crime. That is what we like to discuss. That is what we cover. That is what we... That's what tickles our fancies. It might tickle your fancy. It does not tickle my fancy. My fancy is old and doesn't get tickled anymore. Uh, yeah, well... Because I'm old, but it happens. We are coming to you live on YouTube, as always. So if you're listening to this after the fact, be sure to head on over to Ghost of the Night. Uh, YouTube channel? Yeah. Yeah, YouTube channel, Ghost of the Night. It's easy. YouTube.com slash Ghost of the Night. He did have a stroke, so give him a break. I can't play that card. You can't? I feel like you can. I think I can. I think I can. But I mean, you had a stroke. I had a stroke. You had a stroke after 50. Therefore, you can ride that wave for the rest of your life. That is true. Speaking of old people. Yes. Who's old? I didn't know until the last couple weeks that Tom Segura's dad died. I did not learn that until, of course, I haven't listened to the podcast, his podcast or him and Bert's podcast in much in the past three months. Let's be honest. I haven't listened to it in longer than that. It's, well, it's out of rotation for me. Well, I, I've listened to no podcasts in three months. Oh, yeah? Well, just for a mere fact, I used to listen <laughs> to them at work. Yeah. And now that I'm... You can't listen to them at work. I can't. I could, but I'm, I have a little bit more, how should I say this? Responsibility. Responsibilities of dictating what other people do so mm. i can't be focused on, on a, focused on a podcast so mm. i i can't listen to it. so i'm out of the loop i did hear it though i watched his special oh god yeah dude i was cracking up at his special and if we're going to do serial killers we might want to look into this whole garth brooks thing garth brooks thing i garth brook i knew that he they, they had a beef a little bit of it. He was fucking with them. Yeah, no, no, I didn't know that. I didn't actually know this until I actually, I did take that back. I did listen to a, a podcast. He, or maybe it was just a YouTube clip or something where they were kind of talking about the, oh, I watched the shit out of the clips, the tour date kind of coincidence. Yeah. I was like, huh? Big G's a killer. Oh, and apparently he's, we're, uh, we're going to be blessed with like three or four more Chris Gaines albums before he's done. I will say this, you know, I don't mind. I don't mind Garth. I like Garth. I'm just tired of hearing the same like three Garth songs. They kind of screwed him with that Chris Gaines thing. They the the record comp, or th- that was done for a movie. That was a soundtrack. He was playing Chris. That was a movie, and he was playing Chris Gaines. And they premature they released it, and then decided to shit can the movie. Fuck yeah! So he looked like a complete asshole doing it. They Fuck released, yeah! They released it for the movie. Basically, as a sound, you know, for soundtrack, for publicity for the movie, and then acts to the movie. So that's why he looked like an asshole. It wasn't all those incredibly nice, those great right. 90s country shirts that he used to wear. That's, that's what happened. I mean, it's like, I'll give him credit. Those, those fucking button down shirts that they used to wear in 90s country music, uh, like, he made them so iconic that literally people will be talking about a song. And they'll be like, it's from the one where he's wearing the the green and black one. Right. And people will be like, I know what I you're know. talking about. I hated that time period, actually. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I snap too loud? He Maybe. got up. Oh, the dog. Yeah, the, I snapped and he said, <laughs> But I hated that time in the mid-90s, early 90s and mid-90s. I, at least there was more going to the you know the bars. Remember, I whatever that bar the was, fuck? what Bourbon Street used, whatever the many names Bourbon Street there at Forest. Oh, dude, I don't even. They know. always had that country bar in there, and you'd walk in there in the early nineties, mid nineties. That's all anybody was wearing. Oh my god, and yeah. it was so 
freaking annoying. Just like how now everybody has mullets and they look like they just got off work at a construction said, site, even I, though they work at their fucking like dad's uh, stationary company. I say bring the fucking mullet back. <sighs> I can't I, rock No, see, I don't because I, I had a rock. mullet. I had a mullet in the 90s. So back I. when mullets were uh, re- back when mullets were real mullets, I had a mullet in the late eighties. None of that, none of that permed mullet bullshit. I had one of those too. See, no, that's where you, that's where I draw the line. That's where we've we've officially stepped over into immoral practices it by was, perming the mullet. You, if you you can curl the top, but you leave the back fucking straight, like a god, like a goddamn alcoholic Marlboro red smoking no. bus driver. Night. I wish. I was looking. There's a school picture. I think it was my junior year. Like I have school pictures with a mullet too. Eighty. Is it my sophomore, junior? Year. I can't remember which one. So it was either eighty nine or oh, ninety. Yeah. I was much younger, and I had the perm mullet in the back. Yeah, and it was weird because you know you played football in high school. You know this. No. <laughs> school pictures was always the beginning of the year. Not. And you always had a funky ass tan from the chin strap and the helmet. And I had it is such a lovely freaking picture. Let me set the scene here. I had the funky tan, so under my ears where the ear pad goes, that was white, chin strap white, face slightly tan. And I also think I broke my jaw because I looked like I had a big old chew in with a mullet. It was it was beautiful. You did way too much coke. No, I didn't do any coke. I've never done cocaine. Cocaine. I don't know. I mean, I say bring them all back. It's back. There is no bringing well, it back. Well, it's there's still a little bit of stigmatism to it. I think it's the wear of the mullet, not so much the mullet. That is true. Good point. I will say that. I cannot pull off a mullet anymore due to the bald spot in the back. Do it. Back Fuck that. No. Do it. I have to go long top and go back by, to cover the bald spot, but therefore, I would look like a douche. So now I'm embracing the bald spot. That is what my plan is. Embracing the bald spot. <laughs> That's what I say. If you're going to embrace the bald spot, wear the mullet. No, Fuck it. But I'm not going to highlight it. Make it look worse. Just do. Then I look like a 50-year-old trying to. I, no. Do an adjusted mullet. Do, I, do party in the front and in the back and then business right in the middle. <laughs> business in the middle. I just don't like long. I can't stand long hair. I agree. I it, I hate it on my ears. I hate like you, you, what my hair was the last episode, or mine two episodes ago was entirely too long. Yeah, it was killing. I don't me. mind up here. Like I'm been I'm kind of growing this out. I don't mind this, but it's like it's the it's the 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 ear and the back of the neck ticklers that really make my fucking blood boil. Right. Oh God, is there any news? I don't think there's any pressing news. <sighs> Damian Lillard requested a trade from the Trailblazers. Yeah, don't care. Don't care. Uh, uh, the Reds are still winning. Yes, surprisingly. Still, honestly, kind of don't care. Um, um, they have a franchise record, 22 games with a home run, apparently. Yeah, and... Uh, and our, Joey Votto still bangs, I guess, is the thing. superstar that we won't be able to afford in a couple of years will be is having a great start to his career. Who? Oh. Dela Cruz. Oh, Ellie. 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 I didn't stole home today. Did he? Yeah, stole I didn't watch that shit. Yeah, stole three bases on two pitches. God damn! I'm assuming there was an error involved. I think they the staying home. They don't count as a pitch. Mm. I think that's what it was. Because interesting, he they don't count that as a pitch. 
because the catcher pops up and you know. I mean, I, anyway, I don't fucking know. I don't know. I heard a good one today. What'd you hear? Do you know who cooks in a lesbian relationship? Uh, the female. They both eat out. <laughs> Dad jokes. Are Dad back. jokes. They're back. I do. Yeah, know. I really don't think there's any like pressing news in the last week. No. Not that I remember. I mean, I, I don't pay. I try to stay away from like I try to keep my finger on the politics pulse. But other than that, I try to stay away from the shit because it's just depressing and everybody feeds into it too much. I did, however, see something that I had to go off about while I was at work. The news was on and it was showing like numbers and percentages and shit for like uh, fentanyl overdoses and arrests by race. And I'm like, do we not see what's happening now? Like who fucking cares if the fentanyl dealer's white or black here come on like the, the fact of the matter is they're a goddamn fentanyl dealer exactly i don't give a shit is if his last name is harris smith garcia or gutierrez i don't fucking care yeah, now would be oh i guess it, maybe it's always been like this i've never been a avid drug user i mean the heaviest thing i've done is the weed. weed yeah it's the heaviest thing i've ever done yeah outside of, i've done you know, pain pills, but that was for injuries. And I've said, we've covered this, I think. We've talked about this before. Like I, don't blood see, thinners. <laughs> I don't see how anybody gets high off pain pills. The only time I've ever caught a buzz off pain pills, oh. I had like two beers with one. And I laid down, I was like, ooh. The only time I ever got high off pain pills is when I back. directly ignored the instructions on the pain pills. I take that back. The only pain medication I got a buzz off of was morphine. When I had, When I broke my back and I had the surgery... I came, you know, I was just laying in my bed after surgery, and they said, you have a button here, it's morphine, if you're getting pain, let's do it. And I really wasn't in that much pain, because the pain from the surgery was less than the, the pain. The I really pain. wasn't in that much pain, I so I took two of them and then got drunk. I wasn't really in that much pain after the surgery, because the pain, the surgery pain was less than the pain I was in for the two weeks prior to that. With two broke, weeks. With the broken back. You know? So I was actually pretty fucking good, but I said, oh, this is morphine? Well, let me kick this in to see what's like. Don't think I've ever had morphine. I hit that button. I was like, "Oh, you turned into a morphine." This is nice. No, I did. It. I hit it one other time just to get. A, you gotta no. be careful. And I said, "No, I'm not doing." It. I said, "I would like this too much." No. And I said, "Nope, ain't happening." Man, ain't. this is weird. What? Like, I'm just think. I'm trying to think of like anything pressing or like. Uh, noteworthy well, that happened this, in the world well what i was starting to say the was, lesbians joke no uh i would be scared to death to do any drugs today even pot weed whatever the fuck the kids are calling it these days unless you get it from ganja a, unless you get it from a dispensary yeah if you buy weed off the street that shit it me and that shit too well the crazy that, thing is fentanyl and everything the crazy thing is like there's a pretty good chance that if you buy weed from like your local weed dealer they're going to, it's going to be dispensary weed anyway. Well, yeah, but I would, I, but doing how any, how the cocaine trade has not plummeted after all this. Cause if you buy, I'm pretty sure cocaine is like as popular either has, as it has been since like the early eighties or even more so than that time. You're rolling the fucking dice. I mean, I like a good game of risk myself, but <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh yeah. How's Monopoly going for you? Now, when I steal from you, do you know about it? Yeah. 
Does it actually take money from you? Yeah, it's it's a it's like some type of I don't know how the percentage works, but it's like a percentage of what like like what you take. It only takes a percentage. Oh, of so it if I'm taking like sixty grand from you, it's not taking. 60. Oh, dude, just wait until you get to the point where you're like you're you know the stickers that you get from the packs. Yeah. Wait till you start when you complete those, you get dice and shit like that. Well, like I caked up like two thousand dice the other day just off of completing those things and shit like that. And wait till you get once you get over a certain point, you can have you been multiplying your rolls. Uh, I don't think so. Depending on how many dice you have, you can do up to a hundred a hundred dice per roll, and anything that happens on the board is multiplied by that hundred. Oh no! So if you get like a like a ten million dollar bank heist, mm -hmm. it's ten I I a thousand. It's a billion or I whatever. Did that, I might have did that once accidentally, but a couple times I went to. You know, the, when you land on railroad, we are probably boring the shit out of everybody. I don't know, man. This game apparently is pretty fucking popular. A couple times, you know, to knock over the shutdown of landmarks, yeah. you popped up, and I chose to... I, I almost always do. I chose somebody else. Yeah, because for the longest time, Better Half was my only friend on there. Yeah. So, it, like, it, especially, like, if you didn't connect it to Facebook... Did you? I did not. Yeah, so I'm probably your only friend on there. No, somebody... some. I guess somebody... Some random people send them to you, but, like... If, I don't think I've accepted yet. Like... It will just continue to try to get you to shut me down. You, but you are, I, and I have collected a lot of rent from you. Oh, dude, wait till it's like I said, wait till I get on a roll because, like, I cake up those fucking dice and, like, I'm going around, like, I've flipped the fuck out. It, what was it? It was like I fucked up and I had two of every icon on a bank heist and I ended up getting the wrong one and screwed myself out of a hundred and ninety million dollar bank heist. You, I had over a billion dollars. Uh, like late last week. Oh shit! Oh, dude, I've just been like every so often when I get low on because every time you clear a board, you get what fifty dice. Yeah, something like that. So like every once in a while, when I'm like I got like no dice, I'm like shit. I, I just forget. buy the whole board and I get the fifty I'm dice. I'm, oh, I'm on like fifty something. Yeah, I'm in Paris because I need you to fucking step your game up. Well, I've been doing so it. I can do that baking game but with I'm you. I can literally the baking game that's going on right now. The little icons in the middle. Yeah, it might not even pop up on yours because you have to clear your fifth board or be on the fifth board. I, think I can. I think that's what I am. I can probably complete a whole one of those, and you'll get like over a thousand dice. Well, I'm getting a little low on dice at this point. You can always buy some. <laughs> I ain't spending fucking money on this game. Fuck that shit. But no, what you got to do is like you got to play the game. I'm playing the game, but every, but I feel bad. I've every time I've had to bank heist you. I've actually felt bad, and there's no way to change that. You. Oh yeah, no, you can't do so shit about that. I, I was like, I meant to ask you. Do I am I raping you for sixty bucks uh -uh. or sixty thousand dollars every time? Because I hit you hard one time, got all hit you big. I was like, ooh. Oh, it's like I said. Like I, I like when I, I I barely play until I get up over at least a couple hundred dice. Because then you can do times at least times twenty is all right. Times fifty is fucking good. Times a hundred. Like I said, everything you land on, everything you do. Is times a hundred, unless it's like a reward from something. I'm getting, I'm getting tired of going to jail. Oh, see, but that works out sometimes too, because like when you when you have a shitload of dice and you're rolling times a hundred, yeah. you go to jail and you're like, by that point you're making so much money on everything you land on that you're not worried about going to jail if you don't hit the doubles. Yeah. But if you're rolling times a hundred, you land in jail and you're like, oh, give me double sixes because that's uh what twelve a hundred and twelve hundred dice or something like that. Huh. Or yeah, twelve times a hundred. So if you get double sixes to get out of jail, that also is times the hundred that you spent on that roll to get there. Hmm. Okay. 
Yeah, it's 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 uh once I learned how to play the game, it got a lot more. I will continue both hectic and fun. I will to continue to play, but let's get into what are we talking about tonight? We're talking about the fucking guy that's an asshole. We don't have to talk about you tonight. He's a dick because his name is Richard, and also because of some of the stuff that we will later get into. So I'm taking it he is not a nice guy. Not really. To be on our radar, radar, he must have killed somebody. At least one somebody, yeah. Okay. So, shall we get into this? We shall begin. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. Tonight, we're going to be talking about Richard Speck. Now, Richard Benjamin Speck was born on December 6, 1941 in Kirkwood, Illinois. He, what, what? Did I say 1961? No, you said 41. Okay, sorry. I'm thinking of Pearl Harbor. I was like, wait a minute. What? That was December 4th of, what, 42? I think so. Yes. Now, he was the seventh of eight kids born to Benjamin Franklin Speck and Mar Mary Margaret Carball. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, the family moved to Monmouth, Illinois, shortly after v Richard was born, and uh, he and his sister Carolyn were both much, like, significantly younger than the rest of their siblings. Oh. They were the two bibbies. They were mistakes. Yes, they were little bibby. Um, now, Richard's mother was a devout religious woman and was what was known at the time as a teetotaler, meaning that she abstained completely from alcohol. Well, yeah. that's a boring bitch. That was the 40s. Makes sense. But there's your vocab word for the day. You're welcome. Teetotaler? Teetotaler. Okay. Now, his father worked as a packer at Western Stoneware in Monmouth and was previously a farmer and a logger. And was so, a drunk. So he worked with wood and he packed. He packed wood? No, separate times. He, okay. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure what he packed exactly. I did not see that specific information. Actually, I did. I just Fudge. didn't write it down. I did see the company. I just didn't write that shit down. I found it n erroneous, if you will. Now, no, what you said is wrong. Unlike, I have it, unlike a lot of other true crime stories, Richard's father was a good dude and a good dad. So Richard Speck is just a cockbag. Yeah, kind of. But now he actually, he actually spent time with his kids and he would actually also tell them kind of like off to the side, be like, just go along with mom's religious thing and then we'll go have fun later. She's a bit of a bitch. Yeah. Just, it's easy. Pick your battles. Yeah. He even, like, he even made it a point to spend one-on-one -on -one time with his kids and him himself and Richard, their one-on-one -on -one father-son activity was to go fishing together. Which, this is, like, other than the religious mom, like, this is, like, even with the religious mom, this is, like, the most wholesome fucking... Like Americana. Yeah, like, his dad didn't fucking hit the kids or nothing like that. Wasn't an abusive drunk. No. Didn't diddle him. Apparently just a nice guy. Not even just to his kids. Like, to everybody. Like, he was a nice dude from from all... Maybe this... You know, we've had this debate about nature versus nurture mm. when it comes to serial killers. I've always come to the conclusion that, you know, it's not genetic necessarily. There might be a gene. I'm sure there, you know, there is something you're predisposed to do that. But I always thought it needed that fire of a negative... Mom genes. A negative influence in the home yeah maybe well dick speck is dick speck 
is a little bit. I didn't even put that one together <laughs> in my head. Fuck. This guy's a goddamn venereal disease. <laughs> Uh, now, in 1947, when Richard was six years old, his dad died from a heart attack at the age of 53. Oh, here we go. I know. It ruins the whole thing. Like it almost starts off like you're going to be like, oh, he's going to cure cancer. Nope. Old Dick Specs did it, Dad. Join the club, puss. So three years after the death of his father in 1950, Richard's mother married Carl August Rudolph Lindbergh in Palo Pinto, Texas. First off, too many names in the fucking city you live in second way too many names in your actual fucking name and not only that why are they long names you have carl that's okay but carl august rudolph Lindbergh. you sound like it sounds like two people shoved into one it sounds like a siamese twin and one of them is like a fucking like bluegrass art musician and the other one is a failed politician well let me say this nobody should be named rudolph unless you are a deer with a red fucking nose i do not want anybody named rudolph what about rudy giuliani is his name rudolph i don't know what if, i hope his name's not legally rudy that might actually be worse rudy rudy i, rudy. I just can't stand the name rudolph rudolph but I mean, tell me I'm wrong. Carl August, the new album from Carl August and the Bushwhacker Boys. Carl. And then you also have, he failed in the polls by 13%. Rudolph Lindbergh is now out of the running for state Carl, Senate. His name was Carl August Rudolph Lindbergh. Yes. This motherfucker was a Nazi. <sighs> that, with a name like that. Carl Marx Augustus <laughs> Lindbergh. He was a Nazi. Isn't that the really stinky cheese? Lindbergh cheese, yes. Uh, only thing would have been made it even better if you threw Adolf in that bitch too. Yeah, I'm just saying. It'd be funny if he had a, if he had a Schwartz at the end of it though. How just, this, just to rattle it up. How this guy get past the Nuremberg trial? Right. What the fuck? Jesus. Oh no, that makes me think. I rewatched. Have you seen Goon? The Goon, Sean William Scott William, William, hockey but, movie. No, I've not seen it. What, dude? You have to watch both of them. The first one, he's so awkward and dumb, like his role in the movie. It's great. And then the second one is so off the wall, it's even better. Jay Baruchel mm -hmm. writes it and is in it like a little bit. He's not a big part. Mm -hmm. But in the second one, fucking phenomenal. In the beginning, they're having like a housewarming or like a baby shower or something like that. And he comes in and he's like, oh, Douglas, Douglas Glad, my little Jewish, la, 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 la. And like starts fucking with him. And he's like, oh, hold on. They give him, he gives him a hug. He's like, hold on, let me get the real thing. And he like gets behind him and he's like, oh. Oh, and then he starts humping him from behind. It's Jay Baruchel, right? Acting like a a like a Massachusetts hood. Oh, Jay Baruchel. He was in. This is the end. This, he was the friend that came. In. Yeah. Okay. He he's a great writer. Speaking of him, there's a new show. Schwarzenegger. He's got a new show. The on, Netflix show. Yeah, the Netflix. I haven't movie. watched it yet. He's in that. Oh, the movie. He also no, has a no, it's a series. He also has a uh, oh, he has a documentary series on Netflix now too. Oh, I've I've watched it. But he's got a series where it's kind of like True Lies. Yeah. It's just. I think I know what you're talking about. It's called Fubar. Yeah. I've heard about it. I haven't watched but it. But he's in that as his daughter's. Oh, boyfriend. my God, dude. I love Jay Baruchel. He's gained a lot of weight. I'm, I mean, he's getting up there. I mean, he was actually a thin rail. Yeah. He probably did it for that. I mean, yeah. But, dude. Because he gained so much weight, I, I almost didn't recognize him. It was the voice. Yeah. That I was like, well, wait a minute. This is the end. Oh my god, dude! But yeah. now there's a fucking scene when he after he and then he starts humping him from behind, and uh, he sees this fucking blonde girl who is the sister of uh, the main his friend, the main character's wife, 
And he was like, oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. We must not have met before. And she was like, actually, he was like, I'm sorry. I was fucking my friend in the ass over there. (laughs) And she was like, actually, we have met at the wedding. You wouldn't stop hitting on me. And then you fell asleep and pissed yourself. And he was like, (laughs) represent. And then. His the main character's gay brother goes, "Do you not know that you have an erection right now?" And she goes, "You just noticed." And he looks at it, and she's like, "It's nasty." And he goes, "Oh, I'm sorry." And he like kicks his leg up on the couch, and I, I have to move the mic for this. I shit you not. He fucking like kicks his leg up, and you can see the outline of this dick. And he goes, "Stop!" <laughs> it starts yelling at it and punching it. It's the, <laughs> oh, it's the best. And TJ Miller plays a sportscaster oh, for dude. Sports Desk. He's like, Sports Desk. It's sports at a desk. It's fucking great, dude. Pull you got to gotta watch both of them. I'll find them. I'll find I've streaming seen services. Them. I've, there. I've, I've seen them on or seen them. Oh, on. my God. Sean William Scott does that part so well. It's so dry and the character's so naturally dumb. Like, he can't play hockey for shit. He's just a good fighter. And, like, there's a fucking guy that, like, he's sitting on the bench, and this guy, like, gets into a fight, and he's going to the fucking penalty box or something. He's like, hey, Glatt, you try that shit you tried last week with da-da-da. I'll light your ass the fuck up. And he was like, hey, I'll light your ass back up on fire. <laughs> and then he just looks at the coach and goes, it's, dude, it's so fucking awkwardly hilarious. So well, you got to watch it. I'll put it on my list. I think you'll I think you'll actually enjoy it, even though it's a fucking dumbass comedy. So where was he? Oh, his dad died. Yeah, and mom married and, a Nazi. And mom married a Nazi. Okay. So his mom and Carl August Rudolph Lindbergh, um, they had met during a train ride to Chicago, which I feel like is just this stereotypical fall in love story from like the forties and fifties. Actually was going through some of uh, better half's old family pictures and stuff and found it was really cool an old menu from like one of those like when you used to like book a train ride like as a vacation i went on a train i did that yeah Uh, i found one like what's the terminal union terminal in cincinnati mm -hmm. when it was still operational i went from here to west virginia with my mom i just dressed up like fucking a little cowboy no it's actually i guess you can still do it i'm sure yeah ride across country i'd do it i it seemed kind of i think it'd be it might get a little get a little boring once or twice, right. but I'd do it. I mean, it'd be interesting. But yeah, we found it was like it was a um, like a dining cart menu hmm. with like, and they had circled what they had for dinner, and then there was like this handwritten thing like all down one page. I was like, "This is fucking cool. You should set this aside." It was from like the forties or fifties, yeah. and you could still read it. I was like, "This is super fucking cool." Yeah. It even showed. It was like they had like a four course meal for like. A dollar seventeen, and I was like, "Eat my dick, you fucking assholes!" Where's this? What the fuck? Aldi's not even that cheap. God damn. Okay, so they met on a train to Chicago. Moving on. Tell me that doesn't sound like a fucking Wings song. Now Lindbergh was a traveling insurance salesman from Texas with a lengthy criminal record ranging from forgery to multiple DUIs. And Holocaust. You lost me at traveling insurance salesman. <laughs> yeah. When yeah. have you ever heard of that ending well? The closest, the best, the best person that was a traveling salesman is John Candy's character, Dell from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. What was uh, Willie Woman's, what was he selling door to door in? Uh, in what? It was uh, the classic fucking book. I'm fucking drawing a blank now. Book? Yeah. 
probably didn't read it. No, it's a classic. It's like mandatory reading in school. Yeah, it's something. You think that would stop me from not reading it? Oh fuck! I it, I read like half of Fahrenheit 451 and Holes. I think that was about it. Somebody in the chat will tell us. But uh, his name, I, I said I can remember the character's name, but not the fucking. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, but again, Dell from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles was the the best traveling salesman as far as being a human. I'm gonna Google it. There you go. Death of a salesman. Death. Thank you. Thank you, Gregory. But uh, that was a great movie. If you haven't seen that one, watch that one, too. Do you ever think about how good that movie is? That's what it sounds like? Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh, Planes, like, <laughs> like, not only comedically hilarious, but, like... I was not a big fan. What? When he fucking... When he walked across the highway and shit, and he was like, I need you to give me a fucking car right fucking now there before the- I fucking da 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 and she, he, she said do you have your your paperwork he said no I don't have my fucking paperwork she said oh dear he said what she said you're fucked there is you know me when it comes to celebrity actors and stuff if they kind of annoy me I don't want to watch a shit Will Ferrell he kind of annoys I me love Will Ferrell and I don't like his stuff per se Steve Martin, comic genius, but there's just something about it in his movies. He annoys me. He has his moments. Even though one of his movies is the first R-rated movie I ever, my father, the douchebag that he was, allowed me to watch. When I was six. I was probably nine or ten. What was it? The Jerk. Oh. Yeah. But no, I don't give a fuck. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is a great movie. But with Steve Martin, there's just something I can't i don't enjoy watching a movie that he's in not even for john candy's part in that movie it was he was so emotionally broad in that movie right but i just can't get past steve martin and we should really start a second show where all we do is break down film we could do that we do it anyway (laughs) anyway should we get back to this yes um get get to the good shit all right so side note richard's oldest brother robert died at a car accident in 1952 so within a you know, five-year period. He had a pretty uh, hectic childhood. Now, after living in Santo, Texas for a year, Richard, his younger sister, his mother, and Lindbergh moved to East Dallas. The family moved often, living in 10 different address at 10 different addresses, rather, usually in poor neighborhoods over the next 12 years. Richard hated his stepfather, Carl, who was a drunk, verbally abusive, absentee asshole. There you go. So you were wo- you were wondering where the stereotypical shit was going to come in, and here it is: religious right. mom, asshole, stepdad. It's even worse because it's a stepdad. You're not my real dad, Carl. Stepdads get it bad. I'm going to be a fucking cowboy because it's the fifties. The stepdad—that's a shitty position to be in, really. Yeah. Step anything. Yeah, it's kind of—it's a but, hard position to be in. You're, you know. But if you're going to do it, don't do it like this fucking guy. Yeah. Now. Richard also had trouble with school, refusing to wear glasses that he needed for reading, which is not uncommon for kids. You know, I don't want to be a nerd. Kids are mean. Yeah. Um, he was held back in the eighth grade in part because of his fear of people staring at him and his subsequent refusal to speak in class. Also not unheard of at all. Now, in fall of 1957, he started the ninth grade, but failed every subject. Hey, if you're going to be, be shitty and be stupid, be yeah, perfect. Be good or be good at it. Um, he actually never returned to school and dropped out in January 1958, shortly after his 16th birthday. After that, or wait, not after that, but before all that, Richard had started drinking at the age of 12 
And by 15, he was getting drunk almost every day. My man. So he's Dahmer in it. Ain't nothing wrong with it. But even younger. Because Dahmer was doing that shit at like 17 and 18. Now, he was arrested in 1955 at the age of 13 for trespassing. And he would be arrested dozens of times on misdemeanor charges over the next eight years. So he started early. Probably a bunch of dumb shit, though, for real. Now, from 1960 to 1963, Speck worked at, for the 7-Up Bottling Company in Dallas. Might be part of the reason why 7-Up sucks. It's Sprite's the only good one now. 7-Up's uh, not bad when you're sick. It's better than that new Starry shit. Sierra Mist is now Starry. Oh, is that what it is? I haven't even tried it, but I heard it's not that good. Shout out to uh, Pepsi. Um <laughs> In October of 1961, he met 15-year-old Shirley Annette Malone at the Texas State Fair. How old is he? Uh, he would be, what, 61. He was born 40, in 41, so he's 20. 15-year-old? 19 or 20. 15-year-old no, yeah. at 20? 19. October of 61, he would have been 19. But either way, yeah. I just, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. That's pushing it. You think? <laughs> I would say that's pushing, pulling, and possibly dropping it. Now, Shirley got pregnant after three weeks of dating Richard Speck. The couple was married on January 19th, 1962. But here's... Uh, this, is a <laughs> this is not funny, but this is the weird part. You're going to go down the Jerry Lee Lewis rabbit hole? It's funny how different time periods, things are acceptable and things aren't. Yeah. That, in 1960, acceptable. Well, I mean, just look at fucking 500 years ago. As long as a girl had, quote, unquote, bled, she was fit to be married. Right. Yeah. So today you're going to jail. Yeah. As you should. Depending on where you live. I'm pretty sure Germany, at least up until semi-recent history, the age of consent was like 14. Right. But, you know, but. And you, Don't quote me on that. In the, think about in 19, in the 60s, this was. People didn't even look twice at this. Mm. Today, you would be shunned, you would be incarcerated, and probably annually probed for a very long time well, in and, prison. And that was the thing is, like back then, they'd be like, "You fucking that child?" And they'd be like, "Yes, sir." You're a piece of shit. Her daddy said it's all right. Well, if it's all right by her daddy, it's all right by me. Put her there. My yeah. name's Hank fucking Rutherford. But in the early 19 from 30s or even earlier than that you know at 13 people women were getting i'll use the term women girls were getting married i mean shit we still have arranged marriages right which they might not be technically wed but that shit starts when they're like fucking 10 but you think about it from 60 19, the 60s to now 60 some 60 years give or take would you pick it pick a year there 60 years mm -hmm. not that long ago I know it is also kind of crazy to think that we're in the 2020s now and the 60s was 60 years ago. Right. We What is it? We're closer now to, uh, I forget, I just heard something stupid. We're as young as we'll ever be. I forget. It was something stupid like we're closer now. It's further. We're closer now. I forget. Fuck out. It was something stupid like it'll come back halfway through this war than we were to something stupid, you know. Hmm. We're there's a further distance between like now and say something like World War II, yeah. From there's a greater distance than like 
Great Depression to the Civil War. That kind of that kind of thing. You're like, wow. Oh, that kind of shit where yeah. where like the statisticians from the MLB yeah. probably come up with it. He is the most consistent left-handed pitcher in August when the wind is blowing south southwest at no less and no no less than seven miles an hour, no more than eleven point four miles an hour, while there's no less than two hundred and sixty-eight thousand leaves on the ground in the state of Mississippi. Yeah, I mean, but but it's not that 60 years, 60 some odd years is not that long in the grand scheme of things. Phil's 50. That's why that's why he's saying this. Seriously, think about I'm only I'm 50 and I've been around since 1832. No, I'm not as old. I was not around when this guy was dealing in a 15 year old. No, you'd already died and you were waiting to be resurrected again. I'm immortal. I'm a vampire. He's a vampire. Anyway, continue. (laughs) Right. He was. He married. A, he got. He knocked he, up a fifteen year old. Yeah, and married her a year later, less than with like four months later, actually. Um. So the, the again, they were married on January nineteenth, nineteen sixty two, and moved in with his sister Carolyn and her husband, along with Richard's mother, after having separated from the Nazi. I wonder what his religious mother, mother thought about him knocking up a fifteen year old out of wedlock. As long as it wasn't a dude, I doubt she cared. That's true. Good point. Now. When Richard was married, he dropped the name Lindbergh and went back to using Richard Benjamin Speck. Understandable. Fuck that Nazi. Again, we cannot confirm or deny his Nazi-ism. But the name... we're going to go with that. The name <laughs> sounds like a duck and it, you know, makes a duck sound when you say it. It sounds like a duck. It looks like a duck and quacks like a duck. It's a fucking Nazi. It's high-stepping. I wish I could do the fucking... The 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 fucking Donald Duck voice. See Carol. <laughs> Don't fucking screenshot that. <laughs> I will. Uh, that is the next thumbnail. Fucking sweet. Now his daughter Robbie Lynn Speck was born on July fifth, nineteen sixty two, while Richard was serving a twenty two day jail sentence for disturbing the peace after a drunken fight in McKinney, Texas. So his kids starting off real great. Now, in July of 1963, when Speck was 21, he was sentenced to uh, serve three years in prison after being convicted of forgery and burglary. Burglary. Yes. Um, He forged and cashed a co-worker's $44 paycheck and also robbed a grocery store for cigarettes, beer, and $3 in cash. Not a good heist. I mean, in fucking the early 60s. $3. $47 in cigarettes and beer, like. It's not terrible. Forty-seven dollars buy you fucking like a, a Monte Carlo back then, and <laughs> uh, maybe about a hundred. Speaking of, bought a pack of those Montego cigarettes. They're not bad, and they're like four and a half bucks a pack. Not terrible. Not great. Not terrible. Might switch to them because they're literally half the price of mine. You're welcome. Financial advice from your buddies here at Don't Listen to Us because we're not good with money. <laughs> now. He was released on parole in 1965 after serving 16 months at the Texas State Penitentiary in Huntsville, Texas, which I think is still there. Um, He was free for a week before he was arrested again for attacking a woman in the parking lot of her apartment building with a 17-inch carving knife, but he fled when the woman screamed. Police arrested Speck a few minutes later, only a few blocks away. Yeah. He was convicted of aggravated assault, given a 16-month sentence to run concurrently with the parole violation sentence, and was returned to prison in Huntsville. However, due to an error in the court system, he was 
released just six months later upon the completion of his parole violation sentence. And after, yeah, after being released from prison again, he worked as a driver for the Patterson Meat Company, but he would be fired from the company after three months for failing to show up for work. Not for the six separate accidents that he was involved in in the company truck. Hey, we just want you to show up for work. We don't care how good of a job you do. We just want you to right? show like, up. Right? Where'd you get this fucking job? Sign me up. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. Surprisingly, I understand this. Ah, damn. <laughs> now, in 9th, December of 1965, Richard moved with a in with a divorced ex-professional wrestler turned bartender at his favorite bar, Jenny's Lounge, to babysit her three kids. I wonder if it was that one bitch that was beating up all the female wrestlers while she was training them. The fabulous Moolah? Yeah. Was well, no, that her? Yeah, she was out of New York, though. You never know. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, 1965, female wrestler. It ain't like today. Really. Turned bartender. They're not like the. They weren't hot in 1965. Yeah, they looked like Ted DiBiase with <laughs> they tits. <laughs> they basically were dudes. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, you know, you got like gorilla Stratus and Lita and all them. From the you know early two thousands late nineties yeah like gorilla monsoon with a smaller yeah. well, possibly a bigger dick <laughs> possibly <laughs> speaking of, never mind now the following January Shirley Malone Richard's child wife who had been separated from him for a time already filed for divorce what was she how old is she now fifteen uh, and a half what was this I'm just joking sixty five they meant like she's, she's legal at least I think she's over eighteen yeah. <laughs> Years later. Good job, Rich. Now, where was I? Fuck. Oh, yes. So she filed for divorce the following January. That same month, Richard stabbed a man in a knife fight at Jenny's Lounge. He was charged with aggravated assault, but a defense attorney hired by his mother got the charge reduced to disturbing the peace, and he was fined $10 and served three days in jail after he failed to pay the fine. That's one hell of a good attorney. Yeah, you get it knocked down to disturbing, disturbing the peace and a ten dollar fine, and then you have to go to jail for three days because you don't pay the fucking ten dollar fine. You chotch wagon, stabbing a person, you dumb fucking idiot. Now, on March fifth of nineteen sixty six, Speck bought a car and robbed a grocery store the following evening, stealing seventy cartons of cigarettes, which he then sold out of the trunk of his car in the grocery store's parking lot. Got to turn a profit, baby. Turn a profit. As far as I know, it was the same grocery store that he sold them at. I just give no him credit. He's, he has balls. I give yes. him credit. No, he's just dumb. Now, police traced the car, which he had already abandoned, and issued a warrant for his arrest for burglary. However, on March 9th, 1966, his sister Carolyn drove Richard to the Dallas bus depot, where he took a bus to old Chi-Town, the Windy City, Chirac. Insert whatever the fuck else they call Chicago. I don't know. I'm out. Uh, when he arrived in Chicago, Richard stayed with his sister Martha and her family for a few days and then returned to his childhood home of Monmouth, Illinois, where he initially stayed with some old family friends. His brother Howard was a carpenter in Monmouth and found a job for him sanding plasterboard for another Monmouth carpenter. He doesn't even have a bad family. No. That's the fucked up part about this. Because just wait. There's more. When word of his former wife had word, sorry, 
word that his former wife had remarried just two days after she was granted a divorce, Richard moved to the Christie Hotel in downtown Monmouth and started spending most of his time in surrounding taverns. <coughs> he did not handle uh, bad news very well. Sometime at the end of March, while Speck and some of his friends were bar hopping to Gulfport, Illinois, they were detained overnight by police after Speck reportedly threatened a man in a tavern bathroom with a knife. He's got anger issues. It sounds romantic. Yes. Like, was he now, was he threatening the man or was the knife out so that he could cut a hole in the stall? You know. Glory hole, you might. You Who knows it. how far back that goes? I mean, you need it every now and then. That could be the the birthplace of exhibitionism. I like how you blew into your straw right there. I hope that came out on the mic. <laughs> anyway, on April third, well, that says April thirty third. Sweet. On April third, Mrs. Virgil Harris. Yes, that's right. Virgil? Isn't, I thought Virgil was a male name. Maybe I could be wrong. I thought so, too. I've, I've never heard of a female named Virgil. Now you Virginia, have. Virginia, but not Virgil. Well, now you have. Okay. So. Of course, you never hear of a woman named Bob, either. What the fuck? Oh, yeah, you do. Bobby. Same thing. Now, again, Virgil Harris, a 65-year-old Monmouth resident, returned home at 1 a.m. to find a burglar in her house with a knife. Hmm. She described the man as six feet, six feet tall, six feet tall, white, and was, quote, very polite, and quote, spoke very softly with a southern drawl. Well, you want a polite criminal. I mean, it's better than not, I guess. Now, the burglar blindfolded her, tied her up, scraped her. We're going to edit ourselves a little bit if we can ransacked her house and, liberties. and stole the two dollars and 50 cents she earned that evening from babysitting oh man yeah a week later mary Catherine pierce a 32 year old barmaid at frank's place in downtown monmouth was last seen leaving the tavern at 12 20 a.m on april 9th she was reported missing on April 13th, and her body was found that day in an empty hog house behind the tavern. She died from a blow to her abdomen that ruptured her liver. Huh. Yeah, she got Houdini'd. <laughs> Surprise, bitch. Now, Speck frequented Frank's place and helped build the hog house in the preceding month. So the police briefly questioned him about Pierce's death when she showed up to when he showed up to collect his final paycheck on the 15th. When police went to the Christie Hotel on April 19th to continue the questioning, they found that he had left the hotel with his bag saying that he was going to the laundromat, but he had skipped down. Of course. As is tradition. And when police searched his room, they found a radio and costume jewelry that Virgil Harris had reported missing from her house, along with items reported missing in two other local burglaries in the previous month. Okay. Yes. Mystery solved. Yes. Now, Speck returned to his sister Martha's apartment. What the fuck? Uh, sorry. He returned to his sister Martha's apartment. Her husband, Gene, served in the Navy and thought that the U.S. Merchant Marine might be a good job for Richard. He took Richard to the U.S. Coast Guard office to apply for a letter of authority to work as an apprentice seaman. <laughs> you said seaman. <laughs> 
which required being fingerprinted and photographed and having a physical examination by a doctor. That's a thing. Speck received his letter of authority and got a job as part of the crew of Inland Steel's Clarence B. Randall, a bulk or lake freighter. Hmm. Talk about a fucking long job description. Eat a dick, whoever came up with that particular. Yes. Yes, it is. Fuck you. That's a terrible fucking name for a job. Now, on his first voyage, Richard had to be taken off the boat by a Coast Guard helicopter for an emergency appendectomy. He had his appendix removed. Thank you. For anybody who doesn't know. Uh, he returned to stay with his sister while he recuperated and re- rejoined the crew of the Clarence B. Randall on May 20th. He was only on board for just over three weeks before he got into a drunken fight with one of the boat's officers and was left ashore. He say, stayed at the St. Elmo, and, which was an east side Chicago flop house, before taking a train to Hofton, Michigan and staying at the Douglas House to visit Judy Lakinyemi, who was a 28-year-old nurse's aide going through a divorce whom he had befriended while he was in the hospital for his appendectomy. Well, because he was polite and friendly. Yes. Now, she loaned him $80 to help him until he got on his feet, and he left to stay with his sister Martha in Chicago for the next two weeks, which $80 in the 60s is a fucking chunk of change. Nice. Yeah, that's... A week's worth of work, probably. Yeah, that's that's like fucking... There's got to be at least a couple weeks of groceries. Yeah. Uh, Speck's brother-in-law drove Richard to the National Maritime Union Hiring Hall at 2335 East 100th Street in the Jeffrey Manor neighborhood of South Deering, Chicago. The hiring hall was a block away from some townhouses, some of which were home to student nurses and registered nurses eight of whom lived in the easternmost townhouse at 2319 East 100th Street, just 150 feet from the NMU hiring hall. Hmm. Yes. Now, on July 8th of 1966, Speck stayed with his sister and her family again for the weekend and would get a seaman's card uh, and register for a berth on a ship. By the following Monday, he had overstayed his welcome with his sister and her family and was driven to the hiring hall, and he stayed the night at Pauline's rooming house. The next day, he returned to the hiring hall and received an assignment on an oil tanker 30 minutes away in East Chicago, Indiana. That's confusing. He arrived to find out that his spot had already been taken, and he was driven back to the NMU hiring hall, which was closed. And since he didn't have enough money for a rooming house, he dropped his bags off at the Manor Shell filling station and slept in an unfinished house just off East 103rd Street. So he's resourceful, at least. Now, on Wednesday the 13th, he picked up his bags and checked in at the hiring hall, where he talked to his sister and her husband, who had driven there to meet him, about how angry he was about receiving a false job assignment. Speck used the $25 that his sister had given him to spend the rest of the day drinking in nearby taverns before he verbally attacked Ella May Hooper at Knife Point, who was a 53-year-old woman who had spent the day drinking at the same taverns as him. Well, that's just rude. Yeah, he, uh, in this one, I guess she had a, a shady history, if you will. Are you saying she deserved it? No, 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 no. <laughs> so, like, it didn't really... There was not really a report to the police over this this altercation. Right. Now, during this whole thing, he took 
her to his room at the shipyard inn, scraped her, if you will, and stole her black twenty two caliber pistol. He then left the the inn, if you want to call it that, dressed in black, armed with a switchblade and a stolen handgun. The one that he stole from her. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, Richard Speck had dinner at Kay's pilot house, returned to drink at the shipyard inn's tavern until 10.20 p.m., and walked about a mile and a half on we- westward on East 100th Street to the nurse's townhouse. Mm. At 11 p.m. on July 13, 1966, Speck broke into the townhouse at 2319 East 100th Street in Chicago's Jeffrey Manor neighborhood. The townhouse was functioning as a dormitory for student nurses. He entered the home, and using only a knife, he killed Gloria Davy, Pat- Patricia Matusik, Nina Jo Schmail, Pamela Wilkening, Suzanne Ferris, Marianne Jordan, Merlita Gargulo, and Valentina Passion. Now, this is horrendous. Yes. But I will say, kind of fucking impressive. It gets worse. To kill that many females with, I mean, I would just, there, you would think there'd be some noise. Yeah. I. Well, just wait. Wait till you get the setup. Okay. So he claimed to be both drunk and high on drugs and that he originally planned to commit a routine burglary. That doesn't fucking make it any better. I didn't mean to do it. I was just going to rob him. Yeah, no big deal. Now, Speck held the women hostage in a room for hours, taking the girls out individually every 20 to 30 minutes to strangle or stab them to death. Gloria Davy was his final victim who, to uh, be brought out of the room, who he also scraped before killing her. Um, and then you get to Corazon Amurao. If you will, I apologize if I'm butchering that or Amaro, maybe uh, she spent the night trying to convince Speck to stop what he was doing and not to hurt any of the girls more than he already had. She escaped with her life because she crawled as far as she could under one of the beds in the room and hid there, trying to control her breathing and crying, hoping that he might forget how many girls were in the room. Did it work? Yes. So. Every horror movie ever has been wrong. Yes. Now, Corazon was the one who answered the knock at the door that turned out to be Richard Speck holding a gun. Three of the girls were asleep in one of the rooms when he came in holding three of the other girls at gunpoint already. The three that he had at gunpoint already ran and hid in a closet until one of the girls from outside of the closet told them that they could come out and he wouldn't hurt them. He then sat some of the girls down in a room and told them that he wanted money and that he was going to New Orleans. New Orleans. Okay, fucko. Mardi Gras. The girls gave him all the money they had in their purses before they were tied up in one of the rooms. One of the girls wasn't actually there when this all started. She came home from a date with her boyfriend and ended up in the middle of the whole thing. Well, didn't this boyfriend walk her to the door? Right. Did he try to get a little? Right. And then I also thought I was like, would it help or not? Or would it just add another body? You know what I mean? Well, Not saying don't fucking try to help. But. Well, you know, after the next day when he heard about all this, you know, he's saying, thank God I didn't try to get any of that last night. Jesus. Right. So where were we? 
The girl knocked at the door. Yes. Now, Corazon spent the night praying and crying while she hid and was listening to all her friends scream until their screams were literally drowned out with blood filling their mouths. Very descriptive. Thank you for that. Yes. She hid under that bed until six in the morning. So probably about six hours she was under there. Nice. Yeah. A nursing student named Judy Dykton lived across <laughs> shut up. Okay. Lived across the street and heard what she thought was an animal through her open window, but didn't think anything of it. She went to do a load of laundry. Excuse me. When she came back upstairs, she heard the noise again and saw Corazon on the window ledge across the street softly saying they're all dead so judy went across the street and immediately saw one of the girls dead face down on the floor before she ran to tell the house mother who contacted the police and during that time corazon had jumped from the window while judy was gone fearing that speck might still be in the house fair Fair enough, yeah. When police arrived, they saw Gloria face down and nude on the couch with something tied around her neck uh, and what seemed to be, we'll say, body fluid around her buttocks area. Upstairs, they found Pamela gagged and stabbed through the heart. Nearby Pamela, they found Suzanne lying face down in a pool of blood with a stocking tied around her neck, and she had 18 stab wounds to her chest and neck. Marianne was found with three stab wounds to the back, one in the neck and one in her eye, which was ruled as almost a defensive wound of like trying to get away and it just into her eye, much like the last giant from Game of Thrones. Um, in another room, police found Nina with her nightgown pulled up to her chest and strips of bed sheet around her neck pulled so tight that her neck was broken. Um, be careful when you're doing that. Yeah. Next was Valentina, found face down with her throat cut so deep that you could see her spine through the wound. Uh, Merlita was found face up, strangled and stabbed to death. Patricia was found near a bathroom, strangled and stabbed to death. And all the girls were so badly beaten that only three of them could be identified strictly by their appearance. Ooh. Yeah. And this cortisone girl was hiding... This whole time, listening to all this happen. Like, it's fucking terrible. That's, Could you imagine? It's horrifying, yeah. Like, how do you... You're not right after that. That, that no, chick had to be in be a some, fucking mental he, institution for the rest of her oh life. Oh, yeah, there's going to be some therapy needed. Yeah. Now, two days after the murder, Speck was identified by a man named Claude Lunsford. But the police didn't respond, even though the record shows that the call had been made to them. Good call, guys. Speck attempted suicide at the hotel or at the hotel he was staying at, and the hotel desk clerk called in the emergency around midnight. So let me get this. So he's a pussy. Yeah. <laughs> Speck, this killed how many? Eight girls? Yes. Seven. Seven? Seven girls. Well, and could, probably eight, including the um, the one uh, barmaid, right. if you will. And he, he could accomplish that feat. But he can't fucking off himself? Can't off himself. Bitch. What a candy what ass. A cuck. now he was taken to cook county hospital and was recognized by dr leroy smith who had read about the killers born to raise hell tattoo in a newspaper yeah well, we're, that's just tacky yeah we're wrapping it up we're, damn we're already on to the last page holy shit now judge herbert j passion 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 appointed an impartial panel to report on Speck's com competence to stand trial and his sanity at the time of the crime. 
it was decided that he was competent to stand trial for the murders. Good. Fuck you. And then I have in quotations this doc, Dr. Zipperin person. He was excluded and like kicked off the trial. He was one of the doctors involved, but it was found that he was writing a book about this. And like he was like it was almost like he had like a morbid crush on him. You know what I'm saying? So they're like, no, this is not impartial. You are fucking out of here, bud. A little, fat, a little too infatuated. With yeah. It. I got it. Now, the trial began on April 3rd, 1967, and Speck was positively identified by Corazon. Um, when she was at, this is some badass shit right here. I got to give this girl, she's a gnarly fucking broad. <laughs> when she was asked if she could identify the killer of her friends and fellow students, Corazon got up from her seat on the stand walked directly in front of Richard Speck, pointed her finger at him, almost touching his face, and said, this is the man. It's ballsy. That's a bad bitch right there. I like it. I don't even, I will probably won't even have the balls to do that shit. Right. Um, on top of that, fingerprints found at the scene had been matched to Speck as well. Go back to that uh, Merchant Marines fucking oh, yeah. check that he did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jackass. Actually, no, good. I'm glad you did that. Fuck you. Um, then on April 15th, after just 45, 49 minutes of deliberation, the jury found Speck guilty and recommended the death penalty. How long did you say? How many minutes? 49 minutes. So pretty much just long enough to have lunch and have a poop. <laughs> and they said guilty. Yeah, like I don't even think there was deliberation. They were just like, yeah, let's get those fucking cheeseburgers in here and Jerry's got to take a shit and then we'll go roll this thing. <laughs> they didn't even say anything. They just looked at each other and said, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's lactose intolerant. No cheese. Um, now, on June 5th, Speck was sentenced to die in the electric chair, but granted an immediate stay pending an automatic appeal. But the Illinois Supreme Court upheld the conviction on November 22nd of 1968. However, due to over 250 potential jurors being unconstitutionally excluded from his jury selection because of their consensus or religious beliefs against capital punishment, the death sentence was reversed and he was sentenced, resentenced to 1,200 years in prison in 1971. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we this one wraps up quick, but there's a little bit of opinion piece at the end of it. Um, in 1996, uh, this was actually after his death. So we'll jump, I'll jump ahead a little bit. He died of what was believed to be a heart attack on December 5th, 1991. And it showed that he had an enlarged heart, emphysema, and clogged arteries. Um, considering who we're talking about, good, good, good. Um, but in 1996, a video emerged from 1988 from within the prison where Speck was being held, which showed not only cocaine being shared by some prisoners, but it also showed Richard Speck with what appeared to be breasts, which were allegedly grown with behind bars with smuggled hormones. And also showed Speck performing oral sex on another inmate. Two of them, to be exact, at different times. And uh, you can hear, uh, what is it? He was, he boasted, oh, he was wearing silk panties while doing all this. And he boasted in the video, quote, if they only knew how much fun I was having, they'd turn me loose. And then you can hear another prisoner behind the camera ask Speck if he killed the nurses, to which he responded, quote, sure I did. And when asked why, he shrugged and said, quote, it just wasn't their night. Dick Speck's an asshole. Now, I will say there is the only caveat 
to this is oh excuse me there's a, there was a a strictly a theory there's no uh there's no medical or scientific bonification to any of this right that something called and I don't want to mislabel this because I don't remember exactly what it's called. It's like XYI disease or not. It's not disease. It's like XYI, dis, YY disorder or something. Like that. It's a, it's a, a, a developmental disease that leaves people mentally, um, slow. Yes. Okay. It, it's a cognitive Inhibit or is it disability? If you is will. it something that gradually declines, or is this? There's a lot to it. Okay. And part of the theory is that people that suffer from this disorder, if you want to call it that, have trouble regulating or and controlling anger. And I guess he may or may not have shown one or more than one. Uh, symptoms or warning signs of this disorder and everybody was like well maybe that's why maybe that's why he snapped he couldn't he didn't understand his emotions and da 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 which from what I've seen is completely false well I will say this anybody that would do these acts anybody we've discussed in this true crime serial killer genre there is something seriously wrong with them yeah. In some way, shape, or form. Whether you want to make it something clinical or they're just f fucked up. Whatever. They're not fucking right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, there, there's no... There's no fucking... Like, there's no gas lighting that fire. No, there's... I don't some... know, like... Why it's even included in the conversation? I mean, it it has to be. You know what I'm saying? Just people because want, it's part of the story. People want a reason. They want to know there has to be a reason why. Well, I mean, there's that's still not a fucking valid reason. No, but like, but it is. It's now. It's it's become part of the whole story of this fucking dude, even though it's just not true. Like, but my whole thing was, I was like, fuck. Like, how hard do you want to get this guy off? Shit, can you just not accept that, like, he, he's a fucking shitbag one way or the other? Some people are just assholes and fucked up. That's just, unfortunately, that's the way it is. That's what I'm saying. Like, in your, Can you not just let that lie? You know what that I mean? It like, has to be good enough. Can we I not just it. let him do his 1,200 years and fucking die slowly? Well, it sounds like they maybe should have electrocuted him. He was having way too much fun in prison. Yeah, he was giving blowjobs and growing titties. <laughs> Dick Speck had boobies and blowjobs in fucking prison. You know, well, I can't really say that, but it does not. There obviously was something, you know, we talked about this with, I believe, the Dahmer. I brought this. The Dahmer. With the Dahmer episode we did. You know, there's a lot of. Unrage, homosexual rage from a lot of these serial killers, correct? And I'm, I posed the question was back then, up until recent history, homosexuality was not accepted. Yeah. 
Now it is accepted, and we do not hear of as many serial killers today as we did back even in the early 90s, in the 90s, 80s, 70s, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I posed a question, is that because of these serial killers who, it seems like to the T, I'm not saying 100%, but a lot of them had some fighting some homosexual tendencies. Yeah. And that maybe that struggle with that, of that time period is what drove them to... That's how they dealt with that struggle by acting out and killing people. Mm -hmm. And maybe is that why now, since it is so, I don't want to say popular, but is it, it's accepted now. Nobody thinks twice about it now, really, in the grand scheme of things. Right. And that is, maybe that's why we don't see as many or hear about as many serial killers because people aren't, I'm not, I don't want to say they're not struggling, but just general, I'm going to get in trouble by saying it, but general homosexuality is. It's praised. Fuck. Who cares? Who, if you like to suck a dick, whether you have one or not, who gives a shit? I don't give a fuck. But, you know, that's what people of the gay nature aren't, don't have the that. Gay nature. Don't have that struggle that people like, say, Dahmer in the 80s. And I mean, what, Bundy wasn't gay, obviously. Well, he, did Bundy have some gay shit going on, too? But he was not like, that I remember. I don't think Bundy might be the one. Now, just before everybody says. Not saying the gay people or the gay community has it easy. There's no, still hurdles. No, I'm just saying. But it was a little different back but, in the day. Yeah, there wasn't the. I mean, back in the. Especially this time, the 60s and 70s. Right. Oh, fuck. I mean, people would just go literally beat up gays for. Just for being gay. Well, and there was another aspect to this. I forget what it's called. It's a. It's a psychiatric thing. It's like. Basically, people with this uh, that have this certain like mental um, I don't know, like this thought process of like women are like princesses and they're infallible. And then once they do something wrong, they're just fucking trash. I think that co also coincides with that concept of being a virgin at during marriage you know back in the day you didn't want a and this is their terms unclean woman that had had sexual encounters with other men you didn't want that back i know then. it really bothers now, me how many people were white at their wedding now i see Fuck off i don't give a shit i mean i get it's tradition but like I feel like most people don't even know why you wear white at a wedding anymore. Like right. you're supposed to wear white because you haven't had your penis. But here's the thing, my philosophy is I think you want a woman that's been around the block a little bit. She, you you need a woman that knows how to ride a stick. Or you end Nobody's up Nobody's good at it the first fucking time. Or you Nobody. end up like uh that couple on uh forgetting Sarah Marshall. The really Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He said no. God put our mouths on our heads for a reason. No. <laughs> Very underrated movie. <laughs> oh, man. But, but you yeah. know, seriously, and you know, just like premarital sex, you don't buy a car without test driving it. Mm. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, yeah. I mean, sexual compatibility is a thing. You might want to know that before you get married. I'm just saying. Yeah. Kids, but don't. You know. But once again, this goes back to what we talked about earlier. It's a different time now than what mm. it was in the sixties. You know, it was shameful to be to have sex out of wedlock. Right. Now, 
Shit, do you, boo-boo. Do it. Hit it in the bathroom of the bar. Fuck it, who gives a shit? Right. Except the people that work there. They have to clean up the mess. Yeah. Either way, this guy was a piece of shit, and I'm glad he's dead. He should have died worser. Worser? I... I think the electric chair would have been a more appropriate way to die, but yeah, but they should have electric chaired him like like that one uh, well, he, botched one from Green Mile. See, once again, I can't say that now because I have changed. We've we've covered this. I've changed my tune on the death penalty. Yeah, I don't know for guys like this. I'm cool. Like I have no question of the death penalty well, yeah, for someone I, like this. Correct. And my prem- premise on that is, you know. I think we have to, there has to be, and I've said this before, it spawned from the West Memphis 3 case. Mm. You know, you have to have 100% certainty now the DNA evidence, which I they mean, had. Well, but did they really? Did, DNA didn't come around. Oh, no, way. but they would have it. Right. And, you know, I mean, but if you like have a com- positive. If you hurt. have a confession, okay, that's. And strong evidence and a confession, I would say go ahead and kill the motherfucker. Yeah, or if there's somebody that was definitely there and can definitely go, oh, that's fucking him. Yeah, Look see, at the fucking tattoo, stupid tattoo on his yeah. arm. But, you know, I I have more of a problem with the death penalty now than I ever have. Hmm. Back in, you know, pre-West Memphis 3 episode, I was, hang him, let him, fire him squad, I don't give a shit, make it as, kill pain, them all. Make it as painful as possible. Right. Now, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'd almost rather let... It's better to let a killer live than to kill one innocent man. You know what I'm saying? I said we just gas the whole world. Oh, well, it's coming to that anyway, so who gives a shit? Right. I'm just hoping I'm dead before it comes. Kill them all! The day after I die, then the world can do some blood. Just do it like an actual decent Metallica album. Kill them all! I was thinking about that. I was watching something today. You know, we are getting dangerously close to if history... The time frame is right to another impact, pretty good impact. You know, the cycle of bombardments of this planet Mm. from extraterrestrial big-ass rocks. Mm -hmm. We are getting dangerously close. Mathematically. Mathematically. And we are also getting somewhat closer to Yellowstone erupting. And when Yellowstone erupts, Kevin Cosner is going to kill us all. Be like an infant Dryas impact yes. theory. I think that would be a either one of those would be a horrible way to go. Depending on where you're at, like if something strikes the Earth on the other side of the Earth, it'll take a little while. Odds are we're going people over here, depending on the size of it. Naturally, we're going to starve to death rather than nuclear winter. Right now, if you're right underneath the motherfucker, okay, that I, that's how I would choose to go. Okay, well, let it go. But my luck, I'd be like. Eddie Griffin and Armageddon mm. <laughs> with the dog yeah. in the hole. How did, yeah. he, how did he survive that? The dog's hanging in the hole. He's right. Like, the leash. the anyway. fuck? The Samoan dude didn't make it. The one whose uh, Godzilla was getting eaten by the the little pug or Frenchie or whatever the fuck kind of dog Eddie Griffin had. I think he was Samoan. Yeah. Some shit like that. But yeah, so I don't yeah. know. I think that, I still think that's that is my biggest fear at this point. I just hope. Of course, you know I'm living on borrowed time, so it don't matter. Yeah, right. I only got a good maybe twenty left in me. 
So foggy. Yeah, that's the fucking raging story of this cock bag. Well, you know, I will give him credit in one thing. Nice and impressive body count for one night. Yeah, like, he's not even really a serial killer. He's a spree killer. Um, yeah, and I, I always, my terminology when it comes to serial killer is they have a methodology. Yeah, he, he just fucking, he just snapped. It was, he, his was ang- feats of rage mm-hmm. killing. And this was a rage killing in, you know, a bar, you know. So, yes, by definition, he is a serial killer, but. There he, should be an asterisk next to it. Yeah, he's just, he's kind of a serial killer like the Iceman. Yeah, there should be an asterisk next to it. Like when that year that they caught Bill Belichick spying on the Jets. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. You ain't rubbing, you ain't racing. <laughs> all right. That's all we got. Yeah, that one went that one went pretty quick. You'll have that. All right. Uh let's see. We will do some research on the Garth Brooks. <laughs> Maybe that'll be our next episode. I have a feeling we, that's not gonna be a full episode. See if we can get blocked by him too. <laughs> uh He'd have to know who we are. Like at least Tom Segura has a massive following of you. That's why he actually knows what he's saying about him. He, the us, he'd just be like, "Who?" We will, but we will do some investigating. <laughs> if as we much as get we a can. big map behind us with pins and yarn, I'll do it. <laughs> anyway, but I don't, I don't know what we're t- going to talk about next week. We might do uh, some paranormal, or we might do some alien talk, or cryptid. I don't know. We'll figure it out. I got to poop, and he's got to take a shit. So <laughs> we will see you next week. Take care, everybody. Thanks for joining us on the live stream. That. Uh, Everybody that caught us live, thank you guys for being in the chat. If you didn't, fuck it. And if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast app, be sure to head on over to uh, YouTube.com slash Ghost of the Night and subscribe and like and all that happy horse shit. We'll see you next week. Okay, bye.